Hello and welcome to the Candy Apple Press Podcast. I am your host, Kylie Gable, the publisher of Candy Apple Press, which is now, this week, I'm very happy to announce, an LLC. And um, we have a great show today. We have uh, Mistress Naya, the BBC dealer, back with a the second part of a story called The Stephanie Project that I wrote along with Claudia Costa and Mindy Harris. Uh, this one is huge. It's The second part is actually 78 minutes long. And because of that, I am actually playing about a 20-minute clip uh, of the audio, which I think you'll quite enjoy. And then we also have a little preview of next week's Halloween special coming up. Here is the BBC dealer Naya with the second part of The Stephanie Project. He slept soundly until nearly two in the afternoon, long after we got up. In fact, the twins and I were showered, dressed, and had breakfast by about 9.30 that morning. As the afternoon dragged on, we finished our homework, ate lunch, and got tired of waiting for Stephanie to wake up. I'm bored, said Lisa. Time's wasting. Hey, I know. Let's mess with him while he's sleeping off whatever he tried to drug me with. You know, that's a great idea. After all, she's just laying there so peacefully, said Alicia. It's a temptation I don't want to resist. Well, you know what Oscar Wilde said? I can resist anything except temptation. Lisa smiled and looked thoughtful. Tapping her chin with her fingertip, she said, To tell you the truth, Stephanie here almost seemed like the fun we had last night. The backup dancing, hanging out with the band, and even making out with the drummer. You're right about that, I laughed. The college records may say Stephen Walters, but I don't think Stephanie Walters is going away anytime soon. Hey, I know. Why don't we shave her body? It'll be easier to do it ourselves rather than making her do it when she gets up, Alicia suggested. That would still be a lot of work, said Lisa. Oh, come on. It'll be worth it, I promise, pleaded Alicia. Oh, what the hell, I said, grabbing my can of skintimate shaving cream. Walters was dead weight, but between the three of us, we were able to shave all the hair from his legs arms, and chest. You know, I really wish we had put him into a nightie instead of keeping him in his tight body dress last night, I observed. It has to be unzipped to give us access to remove all of his body hair. Both twins nodded at this. Next time we'll plan ahead better, said Lisa. We're just starting the Stephanie project after all. True that. Oh, hey, can I do his eyebrows too, said Alicia. I don't know, I said. That seems kind of drastic. It doesn't have to be, she said. I'll just neaten them up and shape them a little bit. Okay, but don't go crazy, I said. I knew my sister. She really wanted to go nuts, and with a choice between giving her what she wanted and protecting Stephanie from unwanted humiliation, well, that really wasn't much of a choice. Alicia, you did a great job on his eyebrows, but I'm sure little Stevie wouldn't agree with that assessment, I said, when she'd finished plucking and primping him. 
I guess we'll find out soon enough, mused Lisa. I think they look extremely feminine, even if they aren't pencil thin. Yeah, I did them exactly like I do my own, said Alicia proudly, but I'm kind of surprised he didn't wake up. Hey, let me do his nails, pleaded Lisa. Why should Alicia have all the fun? Go for it, I said as Alicia playfully stuck out her tongue at her twin giggling. Lisa quickly produced a set of glue-on glamour-length nails and looked to me for approval. At this point, I didn't even hesitate. I nodded enthusiastically and joined in with my twin sisters laughing as Lisa set to work. She methodically matched the nail sizes to his real fingernails and set them each in place one by one with superglue. Then she painted them candy apple red and gave his toes a matching pedicure. Almost done, she proclaimed, as she finished sealing his fingernails with another coat of clear polish. She held up Stephanie's left hand, showing off her fingers for us to examine her handiwork more closely. Nice job, admired Alicia. You do good work, I agreed. Let's get him redressed now. If you've never tried it, it's very difficult to dress an unconscious person. Getting him into his dress was even harder than it had been the first time when he was loopy, but at least somewhat conscious. He was still soundly sleeping off the drinks and whatever drug he'd put in Lisa's drink. He wasn't cooperative or uncooperative. He was simply dead weight. Come on, girls, let's get this done, I huffed straining to get Walter's body into various positions to let us pull the sexy outfit back on him. Alicia complained, It's not that easy to put a tight dress on someone who's like completely passed out. Yeah, and sliding pantyhose up their legs is even harder, Lisa whined. I wonder how they do it with the dead bodies in funeral homes, I wondered. Ugh, that totally gave me the creep, said Lisa. I can't believe you just said that, Alicia shivered. You're morbid and disgusting, you know that? I gave them my best scary monster face with my fingers curved into talons, cackled, then smirked at them. Ever since they were little, I always enjoyed freaking them out. Some things never change. They rolled their eyes at me as we rushed to get him dressed. We sure didn't want him waking up in the middle of the process. As it turned out... There was really no reason to worry about that. We finished well over an hour after Stephanie had even began to stir. The look on Stephanie's face was priceless when she woke up and realized how she looked. She saw her long red fingernails and felt the elastic of the bra tightly squeezing her C-cup chest, as well as the silky pantyhose on her shaved legs, and she panicked. We couldn't stop laughing at her. Stephanie had spent all the previous night walking and even dancing in high heels. We'd made him walk quite a ways in sandals with heels after we tricked him at the lake. Still, when he set one foot on the floor, he reenacted that old cartoon gag, the one where the character doesn't fall until he looks down and realizes he's hanging in midair. He tried to run, but suddenly realized he didn't even know how to walk in the heels and he nosedived into the floor right in front of us. He scrambled back to his feet, 
The hem of his dress was up over his waist and he was stumbling over the clutter in my room in his heels. Once again, the comical sight had both twins rolling on the floor. I wasn't doing a much better job composing myself. I reached down to try and take them off and I stopped him. I wouldn't do that, Stephanie, I said. He looked at me wide-eyed and confused with that dare in the headlights look as I called him by his feminine name. What, what do you mean? He asked anxiously, looking down at his clothing again, as if he couldn't believe what he was wearing. I switched glasses with you, asshole, said Alicia. I gave you the drug you meant for me to take. Wait, there are two of you? He asked, his head obviously still foggy. Yeah, said Lisa, more than enough to deal with you. He shook his head and slowly made his way to the door. He never did get those heels off, so his steps were awkward. You really don't want to do that, I said. Do you really want to trudge through a sorority house of young women while you're dressed that way? You're going to get quite the reputation. Then there's the matter of the pictures, said Alicia. And videos, added Lisa. What pictures, what videos, he asked in a shaky voice. Lisa began texting some of the embarrassing evidence from the previous night to him. What the hell is this? He demanded, gaping at one of the choicest photos. It looks like one very talented backup dancer to me, teased Alicia. We have a video of that too, I said. You know, though, I've never been a big fan of cell phone videos. Erase those, he demanded, lunging for Lisa's phone. Alicia gave him a little push, and since he was still unsteady on his heels, he wound up hitting the wall rather hard and falling down again. When you are in my room, you had better treat us with respect or else, I warned him. Or else what? he asked, more pitiful than petulant. Do you really want to find out, I taunted? You will regret it, I promise you that, Missy. So do you have any defense for trying to use that date rape jug on me, asked Lisa. Well, actually, it wasn't a date rape drug, he said. It was benzodiapine. Valium? This asshole hasn't learned a thing, said Alicia with a menacing look on her face. It sure doesn't sound like it, agreed Lisa, exceeding the fury of her twin's angry expression. Well, fortunately, this is a place of higher learning, and I think we should give Stephanie an advanced education that she won't ever forget, I declared. That's how Stephanie became our bitch. It wasn't always easy to control our new girl, but we were patient and took things step by step. Each week we introduced some new embarrassing feminine article of clothing or aspect of behavior to his life. At first he was stubborn about wearing panties under his pants or shorts every day. We had to confiscate all his boxers more than once, and we subjected him to random panty checks at any time of the day or night. That's one nice thing about having my sisters help me. We could keep a very close eye on him just by taking turns. A faithful day occurred later that same week. After collecting as many panties as we could from our sorority sisters, 
We knocked on his dorm room door after dinner. All sound in the room stopped as Walters tried to pretend he wasn't in, even though we'd watched him leave the dining hall just minutes before. Hey, Stephanie, we know you're in there, said Lisa loudly. We heard hurried footsteps rushing towards the door, which flew open. Shh, don't call me that name. People will wonder, Stephen snapped. What name is that, Stephanie? Lisa asked, barging in past a glowering Stephen. She hated to be shushed. Alicia and I giggled as we followed our sister into the small single room. We were carrying large canvas shopping bags. I opened his top dresser drawer and quickly scooped all of his underwear into the empty bag I was carrying. Lisa sorted through the dirty clothes in his hamper and tossed me four pairs of boxers. I wrinkled my nose and deposited them in the bag as well. With eyes and mouth gaping wide, Stephen asked, Wait, what are you doing? I ignored him as Alicia stepped towards me, and we traded shopping bags. I held the bag open upside down, letting a rainbow of panties, camisoles, and some matching bras fall into the drawer. Filling it almost to overflowing, Lisa and Alicia blocked his way like the meanest bouncer on a college bar on a Saturday night as I neatly arranged his new lingerie. Wait, is that supposed to be my underwear? I can't wear any of that girly crap, he protested. Calm down, princess, teased Alicia. We'll be getting you some stockings and a few other sexy things soon. This is just the start. Yeah, we're going to let you in on all of Victoria's sexiest secrets, I added. Dense as he was, even Stephen understood what had just happened was a big deal. But he wasn't sure about the significance. I let Lisa explain. So Stephanie, she said, we've decided you need to stay in touch with your feminine side. Um, you three forced me to get in touch with that already he said in a snippy tone, rolling his eyes. That's right, agreed Alicia. But we want you to stay in touch with your inner girl, so you will wear panties every day from now on, no male underwear ever. You know I can just go out and buy more boxers, right? He sneered. I wouldn't do that if I were you, I warned, my eyebrow raised sternly. Why not? He asked with a slight but growing tinge of fear in his quavering voice. Because if we catch you not wearing your pretty panties even one time, you'll also have to wear bras, I said, holding up a particularly pretty wine-colored lace push-up number. Every single day. Smirking at his gaping astonishment, Lisa smiled sweetly, adding, That's right, Stephanie. Not only that... But if you keep defying us, we'll keep adding more feminine items to your penalty. Alicia chimed in. Yes, and it will keep growing worse for you. Much, much worse. The next time you screw up, you'll be wearing eyeliner or nail polish or both. Lisa was laughing in Stephen's face as she said, Soon afterward, we'll make you keep your entire body smooth and hairless. If you keep acting like a bad girl... I imagine you'll be in skirts and pumps every day before too long. If I do what you tell me to, I will not have to wear anything else, he asked. Of course you will, said Lisa, 
But if you push back against us, it'll be that much worse. Put it this way. You'll be wearing things you hate much more and you'll be doing it much sooner. Just wait until you're laced tightly into a steel bones corset, said Alicia. We'll padlock it onto you to train your figure. You'll seriously regret disobeying us, that's for sure. Without any real choice, he bowed his head in humiliated shame and accepted his fate. Of course, Stephen was furious at every little bit of this. For about a week, as we made our little boy toy comply with our demands, he grew increasingly frustrated. You can't keep me in panties forever, he glowered. Just try us, sweetie pie, smirked Lisa. Stubborn and arrogant by nature, it wasn't long until Stephen tried to call our bluff. He threw out all the feminine lingerie we'd bought and replaced his pretty panties with new boxers. Too bad for him we weren't bluffing. Lisa and Alicia caught him at a panty check before freshman writing one Wednesday morning. What in the hell is this? asked Alicia, reaching into his pants and feeling the dull tactile sensation as her fingers brushed against boring cotton boxer shorts. None of your business, he said, trying to pull away from her. But she held tightly onto his boxers. The result was a short of accidental but painful wedgie. He was rooted in place, and the harder he tried to pull away, the more the boxers clutched and punished his delicate balls. Lisa stepped forward and grabbed his right arm, twisting it high behind his back. Together, the two girls marched their prisoner into an empty classroom. We're very disappointed in you, Missy, said Lisa. I don't care, spat Stephen. I'm a man, and I'm going to wear what I want. You're not a man, replied Alicia, and you're going to wear whatever we damn well tell you to wear. Lisa reached under her long black and white striped skirt and pulled off the black lace thong panty she was wearing. They had been on her body less than half an hour and they were still clean. You better get moving and put these on, she said, handing him her panties. Stephen took the panties gingerly as if they were a ticking time bomb that could go off any second. You don't seriously expect me to take off my pants and underwear here, do you? He asked. If you're embarrassed, that's too damn bad, said Alicia. You shouldn't have disobeyed us. Besides, it's not like you have anything we haven't already seen before, said Lisa. We saw plenty that night you drugged yourself. You better do it fast, too, suggested Alicia. You never know when somebody will come in here. Hurriedly, Stephen dropped his pants and stepped out of them, pausing only briefly before pulling down his boxers and replacing them with the thong. Happy now, he asked petulantly. Almost, said Alicia. As he had been shimmying out of his pants, she had been doing that most feminine of gymnastics, removing her bra underneath her light blue cashmere top without taking off the sweater. His eyes got wide as he saw what she was doing, but soon she had produced a plum-colored lace bra and held it out for him. No, he refused, shaking his head and inching away from the girls before his retreat was cut short by a row of desks. Yes, said Lisa. 
who took the bra from her sister and advanced on the frightened boy. She yanked the t-shirt off of him and roughly strapped her sister's bra around his chest. He offered no real resistance, but the look on his face was one of sheer terror, even as she handed him back his t-shirt. I won't lie and say that we hadn't been planning on putting him in bras by the weekend already, but this was a large bra meant to enhance a bust line. We had been planning to give him much more concealable bras and allowing him to wear a sweater or sweatshirt over it. The thin white t-shirt he was wearing would offer little protection from prying eyes. He looked like a whipped dog as he stepped into the creative writing classroom with Lisa and Alicia behind him in case he got cold feet. The room was full already, but they directed Stephen to an empty desk in the middle of the room. Alicia took the seat right behind him, while Lisa sat at the desk to his right. Like a lot of classes first thing in the morning, people were not terribly observant, and nobody noticed that Stephen was wearing a bra. Unfortunately for him, Alicia was in a playful mood, and he had really pissed her off with his defiance and overall attitude. Every so often, she'd snap his bra, and he'd jump as the elastic smacked his tender back. His weird reaction, even more than the noise, drew attention to Stephen, and soon a few of the girls who were sitting behind him looked close enough to make out the outline of his bra through his thin white t-shirt. He could hear the girls giggling behind him, but he couldn't imagine why. He really tried to tell himself it wasn't because of the bra, but deep down he knew it was. That's a wonderful reading by Naima, the BBC dealer, reading Stephanie's Project, Part 2. I think I accidentally called her Naya earlier. Of course, it's Naima, and uh, I thank her very much for that great recording. Um, if you like it, of course, go ahead, pick it up. It's 78 minutes long, so you've only heard about a fourth of it. Now, um, next week is going to be our Halloween special. Some of the bits you've already heard before, but there's going to be some new ones. One story which I kind of rewrote for Halloween, I kind of rewrote High Heeled Coup, at least part of it, into a Halloween story called Jamie Lee, named after the actress Jamie Lee Curtis, and um, Mistress DJ has a quick little recording of that, a little teaser that I uh, have. We'll play the entire audio on the show next week. But here's just a little small, like, 90-second clip of Mistress DJ doing a bit of Jamie Lee. We never went all out for Halloween, so our costumes mostly consisted of hats. Not you, however. I found the perfect costume for you. The costume was called Miss Red Hot, and it was basically a sexy female firefighter. You would be wearing sexy black boots with a four-inch heel, fishnet stockings, and a garter belt, a white t-shirt, and a black suspender dress, of course, you would be plenty stacked with padding and chicken cutlets in your bra. In fact, the only thing about your costume that was like everybody else's was the fireman's hat you sported on top of your long blonde wig. Your choices were to humiliate yourself in front of your bosses and pray to God you didn't lose your job, or else guaranteed prison time, scandal, and the end of a brilliant but brief young career if you disobeyed me. Exactly 30 minutes after I'd left, you slunk out of the conference room and put a big smile on my face and burst through the door to the office Halloween party. 
Oh my God, I think Jamie Lee is back, I exclaimed, covering my mouth and trying to look shocked. The rest of the room was surprised by your appearance in the costume that would have looked ridiculously inappropriate on any of the women in the office. On you, it was jaw-dropping. You made a beeline for our boss, and standing behind his chair, you put your arms around him, and then began in your breathiest, most seductive Marilyn Monroe imitation, asked, Is it hot in here? Or is it just me? So you can listen to the entire, about 11-minute audio from Mistress DJ, along with a whole bunch of other audio clips on the Halloween special next week. I hope that you'll join us then. Uh, that's it for this week from Candy Apple Press. Please, if you enjoy this show, please support our books, our audios, follow the links um, on Anchor FM. Um, I know the links don't always show up as well if you're listening on Spotify or on Apple or wherever, but there are definitely clips available. You can buy on Clips for Sale or I Want Clips. There are stories you can buy anywhere you can find online books. Um, help us out here. We'd appreciate it. Also, there's a way if you go to Anchor FM that you can sponsor the show. A dollar or two a month goes a long way for me towards getting more of these great women to record my stories. So thanks so much for tuning in, and I will be here next week. Hope you will too.